Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. I remember one time I was laughing at my mom because every time we'd go somewhere, she'd say, hey, where's my glasses? Where's my glasses? And so she told me one time, she said, Roger, you wait. You just hang on. She said, you're going to have glasses in every room because you're going to forget them. And I forgot my glasses. I just remembered that story because I forgot my glasses on my desk. And, uh, and she said, you just wait. She said, you're just going to put them every, every room that you go to because you're always going to forget them. Amen. So, Mom, I apologize and forgive me. Praise God. First Kings chapter 19. Just get First Kings 19. Stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God this morning. First Kings chapter 19. I am not flawless, but I am qualified. Amen. How many knows that when God qualifies you, that's all that matters? And God doesn't look down in your past and in your history to find out if you're good enough because most of us in this room are not good enough. Amen. Matter of fact, we're in a place, probably some of us right now, where we're trying to figure out how can we be better. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we can't live our life trying to do something uh, for ourselves. We've got to let Christ do it. Amen. When Christ called us, there was something in us that was very special, is very powerful. Amen. And no matter what it is, the Bible says that all things work together. Listen to this. All things work together for the good. All things. That means the bad things. That means the boring things. That means the exciting things. Everything in your life, God is fitting it together because there's a purpose in it. Amen. First Kings chapter 19, we're going to talk about Elijah. Y'all remember who Elijah is? Yeah. Amen. First Kings chapter 19, verse number 1. The Bible says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow... I have not killed you. You, just as you, killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Even he went on alone onto the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Anybody ever said that? I have had enough, Lord, I'm done. Praise God. We probably said that more times than none. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Let's move down to the 11th verse, would you please? The Bible says in, the, in verse number 11, God's talking to Elijah. He says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. 
the Lord told him, and as Elijah, as, as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you right now that you begin to move in this place. Father, let the words just begin to move in a mighty way. Lord, when they leave this building today, Lord, that they have learned of you and understand you and they know you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, there may come a time that you may ask them, what are you doing here? So, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you just surround us. Lord, those that are sitting under the sound of my voice today, they don't know you. They've walked away from you. They've, they've loved you and lived for you, but for some reason, Heavenly Father, Lord, they have let these things of this life pull them back. They've let people in their life influence them. I don't know who I'm talking to. They've let people in their life influence them. And Heavenly Father, Lord, now they've made their way right in here today. So, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you begin to speak loud and clear into their hearts and their lives today. And, Father, you bless this word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on. It's Hallelujah. Give me a little bit of your time this morning uh, as we begin to preach this word. I believe with everything in me that as we are we are crawling up out of this cave of covid and uh trying to trying to find our positioning back and trying to figure out the things in our life there's a lot of things that we said as christians in in the beginning of covid and in the middle of covid well i'm gonna change this well i'm gonna change this i'm talking to somebody y'all just hang on i'm gonna change this and then the more that COVID gets relaxed and the more that we get out into our daily life and daily things, all of a sudden we find the pull of the thing that we were so glad to get away from, pulling us and sucking us like a vacuum right back into the same mindset, into the same position, into the same way of thinking. And as we begin to talk about you know, we got some flaws. We can all in here say we have some flaws. And some of us has got, we think, bigger flaws than others. And if, and if we're letting human beings judge us, some will say, oh, that's a big one. That's a, man, that's a mess. But if we're letting God begin to work on our lives, God is saying, you don't have nothing going on with you that I cannot fix. There's nothing in your life that I can't reshape. There's nothing that I can't reach down, pick back up, and mold again. The Bible said that the prophet went out, Jeremiah, and God looked at him out on the mountain. He said, I want you to go to the potter's house. He said, I want you to watch what the potter is doing. And Jeremiah looked out as he watched the potter begin to mold the pottery. And the Bible said that Jeremiah begins to uh, speak what he sees. And he said, I seen the potter, 
get a marred piece of clay. The King James Version says it best. And he made it new again. The marred piece of clay, the clay that, that could not be used, the clay that was just destroyed because there wasn't a, 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 enough. I don't know exactly how clay works. Praise God, I'm not trying to be a potter up here. But, but, but I do know that when a potter can't use a piece of clay, there's something in it that has broke down that said, I cannot put this into anything new. I cannot mix this into what I've got over here. I'm going to put it over here in the, in, in the junkyard, and I'm going to let it go because because it can't be used again. And the Bible said that Jeremiah said that the potter reached down and he took the clay that everybody else thrown out and he used that to make a vessel. And in our lives, we have to understand this one thing. God is doing something. If we'll sit back and pay attention to what God is doing, if we'll sit back and 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 not let the things of this world begin to guide us into wrong things and keep our mind focused on the word. The word is the only thing that's going to deliver us out of this, y'all. It's the only thing. This world is a mess. It's the only thing. We, 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 we not only have a, a, a mess going on, but now we got people. Everybody say, I love the preacher. Say it again. Say, I love the preacher. We got people who would, who, who would lean more into hearing conspiracy theories on Facebook than, than they would a preacher. Let me step out here and say that. We got more people, listen to me. We got more people listening to what everything else is going on instead of what the preacher. The preacher's voice has got to get bigger. The prophet's voice has got to get bigger. The church's praise has got to get bigger. There's a lot of things I want to change, and I, and I can't explain it. But one thing that I do know is God has not left me here like this. God has not walked away from me like this, but he's pulling me up out of this. He's pulling the church out of this. The people of God has got to see what God is doing. When he said, I'm going to reset, he had to take you all the way to the bottom so that everything else in your life could be gone to pull you up to the top. That's what he's doing. He's making sure that you know that nobody had a hand in this. Only he did. He's making sure that you know that he's got his hand on America and America's not going under. America's not falling. I'm talking to the Democrats. I'm talking to the Republicans. I'm talking to whoever will listen to me. I'm telling you right now that if God's word said it, I'm going to stand on it. And God said, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. Come on, somebody. He's not walked away from us, but he's gathered us up. And there is a promise to be handed out that the church... Of 2021 is going to move and bring forth the revelation and the power and the revival that's been set in motion for years. We're just we're just scratching the surface of what revival is really going to bring. We're just scratching the surface of what revival is going to do for the church. When we read this story about Elijah, we're coming to the end of Elijah's life and coming to the end of what was being read here. 
But when we talk about Elijah being used by God, we got to understand that that Elijah came out at the time to Ahab and Jezebel. As they was ruling the nation, Jezebel was a wicked, wicked king, queen. (laughs) Might call her king, I don't care. I don't like her anyway. She was, she was a wicked woman who desired to get into a position to be king over a nation. Almost sounds like America. Desired to get into a place. She would do anything at any cost to get to be in this kind of power. And as Ahab, who was a righteous king, married Jezebel, who served Baal. She said, it would be better to mix our nations. Come on, somebody. It would be better to take and let them serve your God, but also let them serve Baal, and let them make a choice so that they know that they're free. I'm going to preach anyway, Polly. We're just going to let them come together as a nation and that way they can choose what they want to do and we won't be those people who makes them do anything. Well, the thing about it is, is that they didn't stick to their truth. They lied. Almost sounds like. They didn't stick to their truth, but they lied. They tore down the altars of God. And they, they, they built altars of Baal. They tore down the temples and the places where people could go worship. And they made the temple of Baal as a great big place where everybody could come in. It was beautiful. I mean, I mean it, had, it, it, it had the greatest stage. It had the greatest lighting. It had the greatest sound. It had the greatest everything. And they was tearing down God and up, picking up Baal and, and making him look like he was something. And God looked down and he found a man by the name of Elijah who was a prophet of God. And God spoke to Elijah and he said, I want you to stand up in front of this nation. Y'all hear me now. Hear me. I want you to stand up in front of this nation and tell them uh, that there's a drought coming uh, and it's not going to rain. I need somebody to hear me for just a minute uh, and pay attention. Uh, The prophet of God said uh, there's a drought coming. Uh, There's a drought coming. Uh, I read in my Bible where the Bible says uh, that there will come a time uh, where there will be a drought and will not be for meat or water but for the word of God. Uh, And I'm here to tell somebody uh, that, uh, that when God God begins to speak a thing. He knows a thing and he sees a thing. Elijah says, hang on just a minute, God. Okay, I'm going to do this. Elijah gets up and he says, you know what? It's not going to rain for three years. Then he looks at God and he says, God, what are you going to do? God says, follow me. (laughs) He takes him way back on the other side of the desert to a little place where there's a brook. Where the brook Cherith is, it's just a little brook. Has, has anybody seen a little brook? I mean, it's not a river. I mean, it's just, it's just a little bit of water that's just sprinkling out a little bit of time. Just a little bit. He, he took him to a brook. And there, on the other side of the place, while the world was trying to figure out what was going on, while Ahab was trying to find the man who prophesied it wasn't going to rain, while the king's house was falling down, 
while people all over the place was in a drought. Livestock was dying. People was dying. People was doing everything they could do to stay alive. The man of God was on the other side by a brook. The Bible said that God called ravens to feed him. Anybody ever seen a raven? One of the most nastiest birds that there is. Isn't it amazing? Listen, listen. Isn't it amazing how God can, can call one of the most nastiest, disgusting birds that there is to feed us? Put us on the backside of a desert by a brook. Lord, why don't you call a dove, the Holy Ghost, to come and feed me? How about an eagle? I take a robin. <laughs> but he took a raven, one of the nastiest birds that there is, and the raven brought him food every morning, and the Bible said dropped it off. The Bible said that the raven didn't quit, 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 keep coming because it kept coming, and it kept coming. But the Bible said that the brook dried up. Let me tell you something. I don't care how, how much you think living life is, I want you to know right now that when God gets out of the picture of your life and the brook begins to dry up, you're going to be miserable. You may be, you, you, you may be making all the money in the world. You might have climbed the corporate ladder. You might have finally made it. You might have finally graduated college and paid off all your tuition, all, all, all your college debt. You might have finally made it to that position. But if you made it to that position and the brook is dried up. The food's still coming, but the brook is dried up. It's going to cause you to look in different places. The Bible said one day, Elijah gets up and he says, hang on, Lord. Hang on, Lord. This, this, this ain't happening. I, I ain't getting the water out of here. And God said, hey, hang on just a minute. He said, I've done prepared a little widow woman. Now, here's another thing. Now, God's called a raven, a nasty bird to feed him. Now, he's called a widow woman. <laughs> who's lost everything to now preserve him. He said, I want you to go to Zarephath because there I have prepared and called a widow woman to sustain me. When Elijah got there, what he didn't know was she was making her last flapjack. Listen, 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 listen. God's showing up. And he's moving, and Elijah is listening, and things are happening, but it's not happening through circumstances that we think that it should. We're always looking for God to do this great big thing through this. Lord, I know everything will be just great, Lord, as long as I can get this promotion. And then, and then, 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 then I mean, we, we, we come to church, we pray over it, we fast over it, come to church, and the preacher preaches a really good message, which I always do, but anyway, and, 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 and so now we go home, and now we get home, and we get there, we go to work the next day, and we get fired. Most of us would be in this position. Well, that's the last time I'm going to church. I felt God. I felt the goosey bumps, everything. I just knew that God was going to do it. And I just knew God knew that I wanted this. And God knew that this was how I was going to get there. And the only way I was going to get there was through this. And now I can't. And now I'm jobless. I don't have anything to look forward to. It ain't done me no good to serve God. And now here I am. I think I'm just going to go back and spend the last $500 I got on booze and on drugs and just live my life up. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> so, 
So what happens is, is God is wanting to do because what God is doing, he wants to make sure that you cannot say somebody else did it. He wants you to make sure you can't give credit to the banker. You can't give credit to the lawyer. You can't give credit to the doctor. You can't give credit to medicine. You can't give credit to vaccines. Come on, somebody. He wants to make sure that we are absolutely in a position that it's going to take God to do it. And so here I am, God. He sends him to Zarephath. And there underneath, underneath the very nose of Jezebel, her hometown, the very woman, there he is. There he is. Called rain down. Now he said it's going to rain. Now he's hiding. Now he comes back and says it is going to rain. And then the waters come. And then he has a, 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 a fight with him. Oh, no. He goes to Zarephath, the widow woman. There she is. She makes him the cake. I'm just going to speed this story up. Most of y'all know it. Makes him a cake. He sits back, he eats his cake. She goes back, she makes another one. And so she gives it to her son. So then she goes back just to check, just to make sure, see if there's any more left. So there is, so she makes her one. The Bible said that this is a perpetual miracle for 365 days. While the drought was going on for 365 days, she was eating flapjacks at IHOP while everybody else was running around trying to figure out where they're going to get food. Then the Bible switches, and all of a sudden it says that the boy that was saved dies. Now the woman stands up. She says, hey, you came into my life. We live once because of something. You need to do something and call on your God. Elijah takes a kid. The Bible says carries him up the stairs to the place where he was at and lays him on his bed. And while he lays him on his bed, the Bible says that he calls out to God. He says, Lord, why is it that you sent me to this little widow woman and now you caused me to bring her stability and now she's lost her child? He says, Lord, I call life back into this child. He laid across the child and he got up and nothing happened. He said, Lord, there's no reason this child ought to be dead. He lays across the child again and he gets up. But I believe what triggered it was when Elijah calls out and says that the calling of God is upon this child. He lays on a third time and he gets back up. Praise God. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered why in the world? What was God doing at that moment? That little boy that he laid on later became Jonah that went in the fish's mouth. That's the boy. I'm telling some of y'all right now. Y'all don't even have a clue what is ahead of you. You should have died in that drug overdose. You should have died in that car wreck. You should have lost your mind, but you didn't. God preserved you. It ain't too late. God has preserved you. It set you in a position. Later, Jonah would go to the school of whale <laughs> to find out who he really was. So, he has a big fight with the prophets of Baal called the contest on Mount Carmel. He stands up. And the Bible says that Elijah calls fire down from heaven. Now you got to understand, this is, this is a man who speaks and says it's not going to rain and it don't rain. Another man who speaks again and says, let it rain, and it rains. And now he's talking to the skies, and he calls fire down from heaven, and fire falls from heaven. 
Then he gets one little email. One little, two paragraph, one paragraph little email. And I can promise you right now, I'm just going to put it in Kansas language. You little southeast Oklahoma Cherokee guy. Are you ugly? No. <laughs> what you did to the prophets of Baal, I'll make sure that the gods either kill me or I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. Now listen, this is a flaw. How can you be that close to God for that long and see that many miracles and do that many things and get one email? One email and run to the backside of the desert. He, he, this, they're not even, they didn't even ride up on Harleys, y'all. It wasn't even, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't even the rock. It was a little old woman who declared, I'm going to kill you. He reads the letter. Listen to me. Somebody hear me. He reads the letter, and inside the letter, instantaneously, a thing called fear rose up. All of a sudden, he is this uh, man who's standing up. Not only is he this man to stand up, the Bible says that he starts a school called the, 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 the School of Prophets. Uh, that, that there was uh, 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 many men who, who, who are following God, and he is a leader. And, 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 and now he's doing great things, uh, and God has answered. God has never denied him. Uh, and now here he is, uh, and he takes and he runs on the backside of the desert. He gets there. He gets hot. And the Bible says that he did. God causes him to fall asleep. And then he and then the angel Lord shows up and gives him food. And then lets him sleep again. And shows up the next day and gives him food again. And then Elijah gets up and he runs to the cave. And while he's in the cave, the Bible said that God sent a wind. It was a windstorm. And it blew rocks off the mountain. And then the Bible said, uh, then the Bible said, uh, then there came an earthquake. Praise God. And the earthquake came and it shook everything. And then there came a fire and it consumed everything that was there. And when all of that commotion was gone, Elijah was sitting in the cave thinking, dear God. And God shows up. And in a small, still voice, Elijah realizes who it is. He takes his face, he puts it in his mantle, and he begins to weep. Then God asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? I preached all that to come in here this morning to ask some of you. You've experienced all kinds of things that God is doing. He's done things in your life that only he could do. 
He's restored things in your life that only he could restore. Most of us in here, there's a lot of things that God has restored and it's not been an outward thing, it's been an inward thing because our mind has got the best of us on certain situations. We're always afraid and we don't trust people because somebody's always jacked us up or messed us around and so we don't trust people. We go to church but we don't trust them. We go to work but we don't trust them and we're isolated and we're alone and, 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 and the enemy has built a prison and solitary confinement in our mind and if it wasn't for God you wouldn't be here this morning he showed up and he pulled you out and all we can think about is what we've done wrong he asked Elijah he said what are you doing here Elijah what brought you to this point. Young man, young lady, what brought you all the way to this breakdown point in your life? You, 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 you had everything going great. What brought you here? In 1997, been in church a couple years and already preaching, doing some things, and God has moved greatly. And, and my dad asked me and Anna if we would be the youth pastors. <clears throat> so we got two kids Tanner's born in 95 Lane's born in 96 and we got two kids and we're we're being youth pastor and we're seeing some things happen and all of a sudden out of nowhere out of nowhere I get this dry spell anybody ever get a dry spell I think I think one time or another we all have these dry spells I got this dry spell where I would go to church and feel nothing The preacher would preach and I wouldn't feel anything. People was falling at the altars and bawling and crying and I was feeling nothing. I was just thinking, Phew. I was seeing God do some stuff, but still yet my soul, I was dry. And in the middle of my dryness and my dry spell, I wind up backsliding away from God backsliding to the point to where I had moved out and me and Anna had already decided I, we, 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 uh, we was going to find a lawyer and get a divorce. Uh-oh. I remember one day I took the boys over to mom and dad's, picked them up from Anna, took them over there and I was thinking, well, I guess this is how it's going to go. My mom's been divorced. My dad's been divorced. All my aunts and all my uncles have been divorced. This is, I mean, they've made it through it. This is the way it goes. This is, this is how it happens, you know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get a divorce. And I took the kids over to mom's and took them over there one day. And while I was there, she was holding Lane and Tanner. He's running around. And she was saying, Roger, why do you want to do this? I said, Mom, don't get in this business. Ain't none of your business. I won't hear it. I wasn't 16 no more. I could talk to her like that. You know? <laughs> I was 25, I guess. 24, 25. So, Mom, I don't want to hear it. My dad walked into the room. My stepdad walked into the room. He don't say a whole lot. Walked into the room. He looked at me and he said, he said, hey, Brother Roger. <laughs> That's how he liked it. Hey, Brother Roger. Sometimes I was like, don't call me, Brother. 
He said, I noticed in them boys right there, you know, they both got that preaching anointing on their lives like you do. He turned around and walked out of the room. I got up from the sofa. I walked outside and went around the tree and I knelt down and I hit my knees. I said, my God, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? How did I wind up here? I don't understand. How, what am I doing here? It wasn't that. It was a small voice that he said, those boys has got the same preaching anointing that is on you. I'm telling you right now, God's got a way. He's got a place. He's got a season for every one of your lives. I'm telling you now, don't give up. It ain't time to throw in the towel. It ain't time to quit. I don't care what it looks like give God some room to move got back me and Anna got back but I wouldn't go to church wouldn't do it why preacher well because I done went back to my ways of Alcohol and dope. There's no way. There's no way. I ain't doing it. I agree, Lord. I need to raise these boys. We'll let mom and daddy take them to church. And they did. They come by and pick them up. One Wednesday night, mama picked them up, took them to church, just brought them back in. <coughs> She knocks on the door. I go to the door. Mama's driving off, and there's Tanner. She, she, she opened up the door for Tanner, shoved him in. Mama's driving off, and Tanner has on these Oshkosh overalls. Never forget it. He's got a chili bow haircut. <laughs> and he walks in the room after being in church with Mom and Dad, and I then decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to send my boys to church, but this ain't for me. He said... Daddy, I said, yeah, son. He said, we pray for you at church tonight. And I said, son, that's good. And I started to get up, and he's still just standing there. And so, so I looked down at him. I said, was it a good prayer? He said, I said, okay. And again, the anointing. I'm asking myself, what are you doing here? I don't know who I come up in here to talk to today, but I'm asking somebody. I'm asking you, what are you doing here? It's been dry. Yes, it's been tough, but I'm telling you right now, God has not left you. It's not time for the world to determine and define your character. God has defined your character. And can I say that he'll take the cobwebs of your life. He will brush them off. He will put you back up. He will set you on a solid foundation, and he will call you you his. That next Sunday morning, I got up. I went to church. We got in church. We had Sunday school. That's when we had Sunday schools. Sunday school was over with. Me and Anna hadn't been in church for a few weeks. And my dad says, Anna, come on up here on the piano. Anna's like, mm -mm. I'm not saved. <laughs> I ain't getting that point. Uh -uh. He's like, oh, come on, go on, come on, come on, get up here on the piano. 
And then she gets up, and you can see her. She's gritting her teeth like this. She sits up behind that piano, and she plays. And he says, sing us a song, she goes. She started playing the song. Before she could get words out, the Holy Ghost hit. She sits behind that piano and weeps and cries. I'm sitting on that pew. I hit my knees. I'm telling you something. I hit my knees. And I'm on my knees and I'm asking God, God, are you sure you want somebody like me? Are you sure you want somebody that could turn in an instant just because things ain't going right? Are you sure that you want to anoint somebody like me to do something for you that you want to be done? Lord, at any given time, I could turn. God says, God said, at that moment, I'm going to strengthen you, son. I'm going to strengthen you, son. As I lay there in that old wood floor, because half of it was carpeted, the part that I was on wasn't carpeted. As I laid there on, on that old wood floor and tears began to stream, I remember hearing God say what he said to Elijah. Roger, what are you doing here? I don't know who I come in here to talk to this morning. What are we doing here? How long are we going to play these cat and mouse games? What are we doing here? Let me tell you what God told Elijah. He said, get up. Listen, listen. This is like God. Nothing ever stopped. Come on, somebody. This is like God. Nothing ever stopped. It just kept. I I, I mean, yeah, some stuff went bad. There was a pause. He had a pause. And all all of a sudden, when everything got done, the commotion went down. He hit play again. Praise God. And I mean, God God just began to speak to Elijah. He said, I want you to get up. And I want you to go down. And I want you to anoint Ahel to be uh, 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 over the command. And I want you to anoint Jehu to be king. Jehu is the one that took down Jezebel. Jehu is the one who was standing there with a where the prophet of God came in and said, and said, you're anointed, and poured oil on him and run out. And he looks around like, what in the world just went on? He said, I just anointed you king, me king. And Jehu's the one that got on his chariot, and he rode all the way, all the way to Jezreel. And when he got there, Jezebel stood out. She done wrote a letter and scared one man plumb to death, and he run. She stood out, and she stood in front of him after she had herself painted. Most preachers will tell you, oh, they're like Jezebel. They got that paint on them. But the only time she ever painted her face was the day she died. And it was a day of war. And, and she thought, if I can make myself look scary, I'll run them off. And she stood in front of the chariot. And Jehu ran over and kept on riding. My goodness. And he kept on riding. And she died in the streets. And the Bible prophecy said that the dogs, the dogs will eat her up. And she laid in the streets and wasn't buried like the rest of them. I come in here to tell somebody. I don't know what you're doing in this state that you're in, but God's got a calling on your life that is bigger than you can ever see. And you might have a few flaws, but that doesn't disqualify you. You're not disqualified. 
called by God. Pastor Alec, come down, please. You're called by God. There's a calling. He said, not only do I want you to anoint Jehu, but I want you to go find Elisha. I want you to anoint him to take over what I'm going to do for you. 2 Kings chapter 1, Elisha, where Elijah goes up in a whirlwind. He's the second harbinger. The first would be Enoch. The second would be Elijah. To go up in a whirlwind. Just a few days ago, <laughs> he's losing his marbles because somebody's put a hit out on him. I mean, he had done all of these great things. He told God when God showed up, he said, I'm the only one. Anybody ever thought that? I'm the only one in Life Changers Church that's even saved, Lord. <laughs> I need to tell somebody. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Whatever it is that the enemy is really trying to pull your mind back on. Whatever thing that you're not seeing God do and you're in this position and you're not asking in faith, you're asking because you're scared to death and you're worried and you want God to do it. But in the back of your mind, you know that your life has got a few flaws. So you're hoping you can find a preacher who doesn't have any flaws. Good luck. You're hoping you can find a revival meeting somewhere where you hear that there's an evangelist healing people. Or you're looking on Google to try to find a book about how to get your, your prayers answered by God. Because the power that you have is to ask God. And the Bible says, whatever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. But at the same time, it's not that easy because your life has got many flaws. And the enemy is holding you back and telling you, you don't have the right. You can't talk like that and ask God for this. You can't run around with this kind of people and ask God for this. You can't keep secretly doing this thing and ask God for this. I'm talking to somebody. You can't keep involved. You got too many flaws. You're not even saved. If you ever get to the point where you're thinking this, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. If you ever get to the point where you're thinking this, well, I hope I don't get COVID because I sure don't want to die. You're in a position where you don't know where you would go? Somebody hear me. You're in a position that you don't know 
where you would spend eternity at, that is an inclination right there that the enemy has got some flaws in your life. That is some inclination right there that the prayers that you are praying, you are undecided if God would even answer them. And nothing in my Bible ever tells me that God wouldn't. Everything tells me that he will, that he will. Whatever I ask in his name, he will do it. Mark 11 and 24 says, and when you pray and believe, you will receive what you've asked for and that's the word of God and that's where we stand but our flaws pull us back and it's always good to have people praying but if every time we need a need we always got to have somebody else to pray We are qualified. Every one of you in this room is qualified. You are qualified. I don't care what the lying devil has said. I don't care what Beelzebub. Beelzebub means Lord of the flies. You know what a fly does? Get on stinky stuff. My. I don't care. Slewfoot, Satan, Lucifer, the devil. The devil ain't red and got a pigeon fork, I can tell you. Let me, let me tell you. He's trying to do everything he can to keep your mind flawed. He don't mind you coming to church. He don't mind you riding your Harleys. He don't mind you you uh, getting corporate jobs and great jobs and good jobs. He don't mind you doing all these things. He just don't want you to think or understand or know that you absolutely are qualified and you have the power to turn things around in your prayers. Every head bow. Give me just a few minutes in here this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, 
I got some prayers that I've been asking God that's been unanswered. This morning, preacher, you have answered that question for me. I'm in a place this morning, I need God to move. I pulled back and I said, I don't want to be a part of that religious stuff going on. I just... Preacher, there's things going on in my mind. There's things I'm fighting. There's feelings coming across me. I don't know how to feel on Sundays. Preacher, this morning, I just need that reassurance by God. This morning, I need that power. This morning, I want to turn it all over to God. I'm not going to ask you to stand in line this morning. I'm going to call an altar call. This morning, all I need you to do is come and give it to him at the altar. The altar is where we lay down our things. It is a place of strength. It's not just a place of salvation. It's a place where we grow. It's a place where we turn loose of things. It's a place where we lay it on the altar and give it to God, commit it to God, and tell God, I'm laying this on the altar. On the count of three all over this building. Preacher, that's me. I want to come. I want to renew my life. I want to give my life. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on. I got some flaws. I got some issues. I got some stuff. I just want to turn it loose. I want to turn it over to you, Lord. This morning, I want to give it to you. This morning, I want to give this to you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's still a young man and there's a young woman. I could come and get you, but I'm not going to. Don't walk out of here this morning. Let God heal you. Let God heal your mind. Young man, whatever you're dealing with right now, let God heal your mind. People around you says it's mental illness, but God says, no, he's going to heal. I don't know who I'm talking to. God's going to restore. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. Look at God. Look at what he's doing. Look at God go.
Jesus. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for the move of the Holy Spirit here this morning. We thank you, Father God, for the fresh fire that's here. We thank you, Father God, that you are burning down every altar in every one of our lives, and you are setting up your true kingdom within us, Father. We thank you, Father God, that we...